Hey y'all, it's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you are well. It's summer break here where I am and we're slowing down a little bit, so I'm thankful for that. I do want to uh, begin by confessing and asking for your forgiveness. I have been slow and um, not too eager to record episodes of late and so I would just ask that you please forgive me for that and I'm going to try and do better now that life uh, hopefully will slow down here during the summer months. And so with that in mind, I would like to start a new series and I can't quite decide on what I want to call it. I thought about who's the boss or who's your boss, but I don't think that's quite what what we want to, to see accomplished here with that title. Because when I think of the word boss, because of humanity, uh, people who have been in that position in my life, it can take on a negative, a negative meaning or bring up negative thoughts. So I don't know about if who's the boss is what I really want to go with. But let me start out with some scripture and then... We'll talk about it a little bit more. You know, in the Bible, we have the Old Testament and then we have the New Testament. And a lot of times we have commands or promises that are in the Old Testament. They're also in the New Testament. And Jesus revisits a lot of those. But in Matthew 22, um, verses 34 through 40, we do see that Jesus is revisiting a command that was given to the people of Israel um, in the days of Moses. And I want to read what Jesus said. And this will be the jumping off scripture for these next couple weeks. Matthew twenty-two thirty-four through 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert on, in the law, tested him with this question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. So what are we told to do? We are told to love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. How do we do this? We do this by first of all recognizing that God is the ultimate authority. He's the one who should be making the decisions of our life. When I thought about that, I thought about this idea of a command center. And so I looked up what a command center is, just so I can get it clear in my head and communicate it well to you. According to Wikipedia, a command center is a place that is used to provide centralized command for some purpose. Furthermore, a command center enables an organization to function as designed, to perform day-to-day operations regardless of what is happening around it, in a manner in which no one realizes it is there but everyone knows who is in charge when there is trouble. Conceptually, a command center is a source of leadership and guidance to ensure that service and order is maintained. 
rather than an information center or help desk. Its tasks are achieved by monitoring the environment and reacting to events from the relatively harmless to a major crisis using predefined procedures. Now, if we think about ourselves, as this verse tells us, the three components of our who we really are, the makeup of who we are is our heart and our soul and our mind, that makes up the person. And this command center in our lives, our heart and our soul and our mind, is a place where all decisions are made. Now, if God is the ultimate authority, as these verses allude to, in that we should love Him first, what does this mean for that? What does this mean for us? How can we prove that God is over all things, that He is the ultimate authority, and therefore deserves a place of authority in our lives? There are three things through Scripture that help us to prove that God is over all things. In Genesis 1, we know that God created all things. All things. That means everything that was created, God did. We know that in Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God, He was there before anything else was. He created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then God began to create all things, light and water and land and the sun and the moon and the stars and then all the living creatures. And then he produced man and woman in his own image. And so Genesis 1 tells us that he has created all things. The second way we know that God is over all things is that he controls all other authorities. And we find that truth in Romans 13. Romans 13.1 says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. That even includes the evil authorities. God is even over those. And then we know in Revelation 21, 6, that God in the person of Jesus is the beginning and the end. He's the start and he's the finish. And in this last book of the Bible in Revelation 21, verse 6, it says, He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So God is over all things. And because we've been commanded to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and soul and mind, we can obediently and from a place of trust put God in that command center spot. Don't you know that in the command center of an organization or military outfit or even on an airplane, there's a command seat. There's a place where the commander sits. And who is that place going to be? Who's going to sit in that seat in your life? How can we place God in the top spot, in the commander's seat? We got to trust him. 
as we live our life, we look to Him as we make decisions. The command center is tasked with the monitoring of the environment and the reacting to events. So if God is in our command seat, what does it look like to, for Him to monitor the environment around us and react to the events around us, whether they're relatively harmless or a major crisis? And I love this, using predefined procedures. God's already set order to everything. He already has authority over everything. So we can trust that He will guide our lives in a way that is not harmful. And then we can look around at all of the good things that going in His way, following His commands, gets us. So back to the issue of what do I name this series? And I think I want to go with who's on your throne. Because oftentimes we view ourselves as the king or the queen of our lives. And if that's the case, then there is a throne somewhere in our mind, and our heart, and God wants that spot. And I dare say that our lives will not be in order, in control, in peace, until God is in that spot. So the throne is in our command center, the place where we make decisions. So who's on your throne? For the next several weeks, we're going to look at, at that, that idea, that question. And hopefully by the end, I'll be able to have shared with you some ways that we can answer that question and in different aspects of our lives. If God is really on the throne of your heart and, or the throne of my heart, then our lives will be particularly clear evidence of that in the different ways that we live and make decisions. So I hope you'll come back and you'll join me for these next few weeks. Next week, we're going to talk about, is God on your throne through a life surrendered to Him? So I hope that you will come back and join me as we think about that. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this command that you have given us that we are to love you first with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. We are to allow you the place of command in our lives because the way that you are going to direct our paths, are it's good, and we can trust in that. And God, I love how Jesus further commands us to love our neighbor as ourselves. But we can't love our neighbor, and we can't really love ourselves until we love you first. So God, for those of us who may have ourselves on the throne of our hearts, may have some other person on that throne, some belief or some ideology that does not belong there, would you dethrone and would you take your rightful place? God, we love you. We love Jesus and we thank you for him. And we pray these prayers in his name. Amen. All right, y'all. I hope that you'll join me again next week as we look at who is on your throne. Have a good week and um, be blessed. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me. 
And I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. And then three days later, he arose from the dead victorious over sin and death. Believe that he did that for you. And then the third thing to do is to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior. It's as easy as that. I want to encourage you, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with him, will you do that today? Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life? to be in charge. If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more Encouraging Gospel-Centered podcast on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network at kingdomrock.com. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.